It is the 200 level episode 285, and I apologize for those on YouTube that are watching this. I forgot to do the whole plug the uh, plug the audio thing in, so I'll try to project the best I can. But here's the long and short of it: Illinois is up 31 to 10 at Camp Randall and threatening to score more in what is one of the most dominating performances we've seen from an Illinois football team against a Big Ten team of this caliber since. And we'll kind of rack our brains as we go through this. And I want the YouTube live people, if you can get on the chat and kind of let me know what you're thinking and how you're feeling, because this is the most impressive thing I've seen from an Illini football team in years. And to think that this week I felt optimistic, but I could not have predicted this. I don't think any of us would have predicted this, right? If you did, you're a smarter man than I. But I did think Illinois would win today, 24 to 20. And at halftime, it felt like that was maybe going to be the margin you were going for as we're underway in the fourth quarter. Tommy DeVito with a little outlet here to Chase Brown. This is going to set up a, should be a gimme field goal for Caleb Griffin. You know, the game didn't start fantastic. It was a bad kick, which I missed. I missed the first kick of the game. And then Wisconsin gets good field position. They go down 50 yards or so to go up 7 to nothing, which means you've outscored them 31-3 to since that point. The second drive for Wisconsin, I think, is when they got the field goal, the second or third drive. I'll get to that in a second as Caleb Griffin comes out to essentially, if the game's not already put away, put it even more away. He made a 44-yarder earlier. This is from 31. Pretty well centered. The kick is up, and the kick is good. 34-10, to 10, Illinois at Wisconsin. Now, I'm going to hit up the sponsors one by one as we go through this. Got to first start with DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. Why not get a celebratory calzone today? You deserve it. We all deserve it after a game like this. DP Doe will deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdoe.com. Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. These guys are the goods and... I know winter's coming up, but they basically work 12 months a year. So why not get a free quote today? They'll get you scheduled for whatever your home exterior project may be. The guys at rectorconstruction.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life Auto Home, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And finally, oh gosh. Sorry, Dogtown Hegan there. And I got some new copy for them as well. I will say this before I get to the new ad copy for Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. They came to our house on Wednesday for a furnace check. Absolute pros. Got to give thanks to them for scheduling it. They arrived on time, you know, because sometimes you get these places saying, we'll be there in the afternoon. And then they show up three hours later. No, they were there like five minutes after they told us they would be. And They fixed up our furnace, so we are set for the fall. And while we were at it, we scheduled our spring tune-up as well. So we can speak personally now, as I can for all the sponsors, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. They are the goods, and I would highly recommend you get your furnace check from them today. So go online and find Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Yeah, we were very, very happy with them. All right, I want to hit up the chat window here. Let's see here. As we get to, we got like 20 people showing up. All right, yeah, it seems like everyone's feeling pretty positive, and for obvious reasons. And I think if I sound a little bit frazzled during parts of this podcast, it's because I'm kind of processing this myself. I'm trying to figure out how we got in one year from a 24-0 shutout at home to this. The Wisconsin game last year was the last time you looked inept. The last time that you looked inept. And before that, you were starting to see seeds of a program that were figuring out a few things. The Purdue loss was frustrating, but the defense was good. The Maryland game, you were close, but then the defense gave up the late touchdown and wasn't really good in the second half. So you had these inklings that maybe things were turning around. It wasn't until at Penn State, and really more so the Minnesota win, where you felt like there was an MO for winning these games. Well, now you couple the the very good defense from the still underpaid Ryan Walters. And I, whatever you got to do to keep him as long as you can, do it. You couple that with this offense from Barry Lunny Jr., which today the play calling has been off the charts. Yes, you got bailed out a couple times by Wisconsin. That was on the fourth and goal, and then there was the pass interference. I feel like there were a couple of those as we kick off here. Wisconsin returns it from the three and tackled at the 24. Okay, 14-13 to go in this game. Let's just keep it uneventful so we can effectively act as a post-game show here. And hello to all those joining our YouTube Live. I know we're relatively new to YouTube Live. Let me know in the chat window if the audio is okay. 
I forgot to plug in the thing, so that's my apologies for that. But let me know, YouTube folks, if the audio is okay. So you took the breaks from Wisconsin and you capitalized on them. And that's what good teams do. That is what good teams do. And this is why the Indiana game, as frustrating as that was, a friend had texted me saying, God, we should be 5-0 and right now. And of course, there's that thought that's going to come into our minds. A quarterback sack, yes. Oh man, this defensive line has really been all over it all game. And we're going to get to all of this the best I can. But I also wonder if that Indiana game wasn't necessary in a way to sort of remind this team that is still relatively inexperienced with winning that you cannot mess around. You cannot mess around. And they kind of did in the Indiana game. They were just allowing a lesser team to hang around and then ultimately get the game-winning drive. Ever since then, this team has been dominant. Almost two sacks in a row. The D-line is just ready to tee off on Mertz. Third and 13 with 13.40 to go. So here we are, what is it, three games later. The Virginia game to me was a surprise because I thought that you would win that game just because college football is weird. In no way would I have expected you'd hold them the three points. The Chattanooga game, it seemed about right, even though I thought it was even more impressive than what my high expectations going in were. 31 to nothing, maybe you could have scored 42 or something like that, but the defense looked phenomenal yet again. And here we are, after the first two drives, whatever adjustments they needed to make on defense, they did. And now you have a quarterback as we get to Mertz. Yes, we force another incompletion. Ellen will get the ball back yet again. This is domination, folks. And you could see this coming. Not maybe the margin, but you could see that this team would be able to compete with the best of the Big Ten West. We would all agree the Big Ten West is not very good. We would agree with that. Which gives you an opportunity here. Indiana game aside, yeah, you got a loss on your record, but look at the schedule coming up. Look at what I was doing at home today in a game that they should have been up for. The defense is going to be on the field for damn near 40 minutes for Iowa, and they got to come in and play this Illinois team that's really feeling themselves. I mean, that sets up perfectly. Minnesota starting to look like Minnesota from the last few years, where Purdue is going in there and doing doing what they do. They might escape with the win today against Tanner Morgan, who, as Isaac texted me, can't throw a Hail Mary more than 35 yards. I said if you go 2-1 and one in these three games, you're feeling great. But after winning this one, why not talk about 3-0? and And after winning this game the way that you did, why not talk about going 3-0? and Let's go through everything. With about 13 and a half minutes to go in this game, we can effectively, like I said, act as a post-game show for the biggest Illini football win since. And that's what I want to ask the YouTube folks in there. The biggest Illinois football win since. What say you, folks? Because last year, if you think about it, the Penn State game, as fun as that, and, and fun and weird as that nine overtime win was, I, I think we understood there was a novelty to it. I don't know if it was the arrival game for Brett Bielema as opposed to just a really weird win that they deserved, certainly. But uh, the Minnesota game, like I said, felt more like you were really establishing yourselves. But this one right here feels like an arrival game. And that's where I think it kind of sets itself up dif- differently. Bobo, nice to have Bobo back with us here. Arizona State from 2011. I remember that well. Who was the quarterback from Arizona State? Osweiler. That's right. He was like 6'6". And that was a big matchup. You got the win. I think actually the game against Northwestern a couple weeks later where you went 5-0. and And it was a late touchdown by Nathan Shieldhouse. That, that was about as fun as that. It was a really early homecoming game. Yeah, 2011, you'd probably have to go back to then for the last time you felt this good after a win because at least early on in 2011, it felt like you were building towards something and that that team could have went 9-3. and three. The difference, though, between that, Bobo, and this, I think, is that even after you started 6-0 and in 2011 and you had the stripe the stadium game against Ohio State, which you didn't even sell out because people were not buying Ron Zook. They were already pretty much done with him. This feels less like the end of something, like the, that was the last gasp in 2011. This is the beginning of something. And the narratives abound. I haven't even mentioned yet that Brett Bielema is back at Wisconsin and just kicking butt. You're already up 24 points on these guys with a chance to go up even more than that. You're completely reversing the outcome from last year as they show the botched kick here. And while we're at it, as you guys are kind of lighting up the chat thread here, I got to give credit to someone that I've been really worried about this year, and that's Caleb Griffin. I thought the field goal to go up 24 to 10, not that it would have mattered. I don't know if Wisconsin was going to score again, but it was still a big moment to really say, okay, now you're up two full touchdowns, game over. 
where if you miss that, it's pretty good field position for Wisconsin. So that was a big field goal make for Caleb Griffin. And I hope there's some sort of forward momentum for him where if it's within 45 yards, you'd love to be able to count on your kickers. And he made one that was ugly, but he still made it to go up 34 to 10. So kudos to him. All right, let's go to the chat thread here. Brad P says, game not over yet. Still waiting for Illinois to be Illinois. Brad, I would often agree with you. Um, and I'm glad that you brought this up. This leads me to my point why I was a little puzzled with the reluctance this week to just outright predict an Illinois win. And I think what it is and what it speaks to is that college football is so based on uh, the tradition of a program, the legacy of a program. And as Illini fans, we're naturally gun shy. I think Illini media are gun shy too. And I understand completely why. I sent Jeremy an email when I sent him the link to the last pod and and I said, I think they're going to do this. I really think they are. And he said, yeah, you know, I, they, they certainly can. And he was sort of 50-50, as I think most people were. If you were to ask why were we so 50-50 on this, I think it was twofold. For this particular team, we were worried that they wouldn't close out drives and that they would make mistakes. To this point, still no turnovers for the Illinois team. A few penalties, but nothing too outrageous. But I think the larger concern for people not wanting to pick Illinois in this game is because history would suggest that, yes, we've done this before. We've gotten excited for a game like this only to have the rug pulled out from under us and be disappointed. Media and fans alike, I get it. To me, I was really going on what we saw from these teams. And Ohio State is so good where it's really hard to make any true determination about how good or bad Wisconsin is based on that game. But Wisconsin still looked really bad. And the three games prior to that weren't looking great either, including the loss to Washington State. But what, it was a 66 nothing win against New Mexico State? Yeah, didn't tell you anything about Wisconsin. They have been very stagnant, for lack of a better term. And when they went up 7 nothing, I was thinking like many probably were, oh boy, here we go. But very quickly that turned around. When you matched it at 7-7, I thought, all right, now we got a ball game. And then when you were up... What was it? They were up 10 to 7. Then you went up 14 to 10. When you were up at halftime, I felt good. But then the third quarter was just an outright blitz. And the most impressive, I keep saying most impressive game. How about most impressive quarter of Illini football since? And that's going to be a short list to choose from. Yeah, it's a history full of futility. But what this Illinois team is doing so far this year, it's time to get excited. It is time to get excited. And, and maybe kind of relieve yourselves of this notion that Illinois football is doomed to fail. I've said this time and time again, and even though I find myself occasionally not even believing my own words, the reason Illinois football has failed is not some sort of hex or curse. Oh, we are doomed to be bad. No, you've had bad coaches. You've had bad athletic directors. Well, if you get a good athletic director who hires a good coach, and yeah, Whitman messed up with Lovey Smith, but I can't blame him for that. I was excited. But Bielema may turn out to be a dynamite hire. The early results are pretty good. Five and seven last year, soon to be four and one this year. That would get you to nine and eight. The last time you had a coach above 500 in their first 17 games as a Lanai coach, John Makovic. And that was way too short-lived. I remember hearing all the time when I was younger about Mike White. And it sounded exciting. It sounded fun. It petered out. And I know that Makovic didn't endear himself to the fan base as much as Mike White did. But I thought, man, I want that. I want the consistent like 7, 8, occasional 9, 10 win season. And this looks like it could be the guy to do it. You're ahead of schedule. You're ahead of schedule here in year two. As they're showing a clip here of Bielema and Chris and Barry Alvarez. So it seems like all is well with them. But man, Illinois with the ball here. Let's see what they do. A little pitch to Isaiah Williams on a third and six. He almost gets the first, but he's a yard short. So Illinois will punt with 11.50 to go. Just an afterthought now, though. You're bleeding some clock. Your defense is well rested. I think the defense has been on the field for maybe four minutes this entire half. Outright domination. All right, let's see the chat thread here. This is from Big Tota. Hey, Big Tota. Sitting in Green Bay right now, just basking in Illinois football. All the Wisconsin fans are so dejected. Yep. Bobo the Clown, I think you might have hit it right here. And so same with John. Uh, let's see here. I mentioned most impressive quarter since. And both John and Bobo mentioned the fourth quarter against Ohio State in 07. I think that's probably it. Consequential 
maybe even more so back then, though Zook was not able to maintain it. And again, that's what feels different about this. When Zook was at his peak, I really did think that that thing was going to take off because of the recruiting. But there was history that would suggest that he was an inconsistent coach. Brett Bielma and the Big Ten, those results are tried and true at this point. What he's already doing in year two with Illinois. I don't expect that Brett Bielema is going to turn us into Wisconsin immediately. And I certainly don't expect three consecutive Big Ten West titles. But at least there's a sliver of hope. Because you're looking at the other teams around you thinking, who's going to take that mantle? Well, Wisconsin is going to have to figure some things out. They could fire Paul Christ, and they likely will. And Jim Leonard is right there for the taking. But you know what? Who's to say that that's going to be immediately successful? This is a Badger defense that last week got smoked at Ohio State, and this week has given up 34 points to Illinois. By the way, even though Wisconsin caught that, another hard hit from Illinois. You wonder if these receivers aren't getting gun shy because, my God, we hit hard. And isn't it nice to be the aggressor after years of just very finesse football? All right, what else do we have here? Connor says, responsibly having a million celebration drinks. Connor, I I would like to end this podcast with something celebratory as well. I have it off camera because I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. We still, as I think Paul mentioned earlier, we still have some game left to play. And there's 11 minutes to go as Graham Mertz under center, trying to get some pressure on him, almost get to him. He evades pressure and he will run it for about four yards. Okay, so we got 10.42 to go. The Badgers around midfield, trailing 34-10. to 10. I'll queue up the stats here in a bit. I did see one that absolutely blew my mind. Jeremy Warner tweeted this out. He tweeted out the third quarter stats from, I think, Illini Stats and Notes. 163 yards, I believe, in the third quarter for Illinois to 10 for Wisconsin. There is the old adage, which gets thrown around a lot, and you wonder how often it actually comes into play. The old adage of halftime adjustments. Well, Illinois made adjustments despite being up. And I'm not one that's great with X's and O's. I couldn't tell you exactly what they did. But didn't it feel like, there we go, big hit on Mertz. We'll force a third and eight. Didn't it feel like at halftime going in, I had this weird kind of sense of calm. It felt to me like, man, if you just tweak a few things and if you avoid those 20-yard passes, this this game is yours. It's yours for the taking. Oh, an offside on Illinois. We'll force a... Second and two, second and three. And whatever those adjustments were, they're working. They're working splendidly. So we're starting to see rather consistently that they are, if need be, making the adjustments at halftime. I think the Virginia game, if I recall, you were up 10 at halftime. Maybe it was 17 to three. I I can't recall exactly. But then in the second half, it was game over pretty quickly because you looked just like the better team, and you made a few tweaks, especially on defense, to just completely shut Virginia down. And Virginia moved the ball a little bit in the first half. Okay, second and one, Wisconsin at midfield, and a run play. Wow, Johnny Newton. (laughs) Uh, He gets Braylon Allen in the backfield to force a third and one. That was just beautiful. The defensive line, you know, there's so many stories in this game. Tommy DeVito has been fantastic. I'm a huge Tommy DeVito fan and have been since game one. There's a a serviceable game manager quality to him. But more than that, he can make the occasional big throw. And we're seeing more and more of those. Some of these back shoulder throws are just, that's good stuff. But the D-line's the story today. The D-line is 100% the story and really of the season. You got your ends. Oh, let's see if we get Mertz. Oh, my God. This is so beautiful. Another quarterback sack. This one is T-Ra Edwards. I think I got his first name right. And he's one of your two deep, right? He's not even a starter. This D-line is the story of the game and so far the story of the year. A good D-line makes everything easier. They made the secondary's job easier. They have shut down a running attack for Wisconsin that was still really good coming into this game. If I recall, Wisconsin still got their yards on the ground against Ohio State last week. And maybe some of them in garbage time. Fair. But my God, Wisconsin's going to go for it on 4th and 11. Let's just put this away right now. And we're sending a lot of guys. Good blocking from Wisconsin. They go deep. It's going to be incomplete. No flag, no flag, no flag. Quan Martin is right there. Illinois gets the ball back with 8.32 to go. Paul, I think you can rest easy, my friend. First career sack, says Bobo, for Edwards. And yeah, Curtis, that sack just sealed it for me. Guys, I've been feeling good since it was, oh God, 21 to 10. I thought that was game. Billy asked, Carp, what on earth are we watching? Billy, we're watching a good Illini football team. Can you believe it? It's hard for me to believe it as well, but you are. 
Scoring defense, FBS leaders, Illinois is fourth with eight points per game. They will stay right around there. Iowa will take a step back after giving up, I think, 20 points so far to Michigan. Not sure what the score of that game is at the moment. You got DeVito and Chase Brown in there, 177 yards this half for Illinois, 22 for Wisconsin, 177 to 22. You won't be receiving votes, I don't think, after this game. The the bigger story, I think, nationally is going to be Wisconsin and the fall of Wisconsin. Chase Brown, take it. Take it up to the 30, up to the 27-yard line. He is a special back. Yeah, I I would be surprised if you receive votes. The Indiana game kind of hurts you with that. And again, I'm okay with the Indiana game. I, I really do think that's just part of the deal, okay, that a team in this early part of a coach's career they got to figure some things out the culture and all that you know that's I know it's mumbo jumbo right it's the intangible quality that's hard to define when you have a coaching tenure get underway I do think they needed that Indiana game I'm going to hold to that because if I if I thought that man they win the Indiana game and they still somehow look like this against Wisconsin I'd be dejected because five and oh would feel really good but this is a good feeling four and one and in terms of what we're watching we're watching a team that will should definitely get to seven wins. And that was my prediction at the start of the year, seven and five. Should definitely get to seven wins, and then, I don't know, the world is your oyster. Look at the schedule. Iowa coming off of a shellacking at home to Michigan. You could say they're going to be hungry. They should have been hungry today. That Iowa team should have been hungry today, and they can't score a damn point. Against a Michigan defense that gave up 28 to Maryland? That's Talk about stagnation. We see a Wisconsin program and now maybe an Iowa program where there is some stagnation, which gives Brett Bielema and this program an opportunity. I don't know long term. You got to think that Iowa and Wisconsin, it'll kind of snap back like a rubber band and they'll still be Wisconsin and Iowa. But you have an opportunity this year. And if you really capitalize on it, that sets you up for the long term as well. A decent couple yards here for Reggie Love. Some good patience looking for that hole, but it'll be a third and long with seven minutes to go for Illinois. Curtis has put a beer in it. I got something here in just a second, Curtis. I'm pretty excited. Okay, Billy, let's talk about this. Am I getting my, ahead of myself and thinking Indy? Let's talk after the next two games. I love this Illinois team at home. I thought that if you get this, you're well ahead of the eight ball because they have looked fantastic at home, albeit against not great competition. It could just be that this Illinois team is a great home football team. And if that's the case, I think they win the next two. You see Minnesota and Purdue right now, they're tied at 10 apiece. So that is a game that doesn't... I think you want Purdue to win to just kind of shuffle the deck a little bit. And that would put you, ladies and gentlemen, in first in the Big Ten West. Even though you'd be 1-1, one and one, you would be 1-0 and oh against the West and I think the tiebreaker. Yeah, and, and to your question, Billy, if you win the next two, yes, we talk about Indy. Yes, you do. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Before this game, I would have said, hit the brakes. But now, yeah, we could set a date on when to talk about Indy because this is not just a win. Even if it is, let's just say in Wisconsin might just suck. Let's just say they might suck. You're on the road in a game that Wisconsin, you would think, would have come out hungry and desperate for a win. And you're doing this. They are dejected. Their fans are bummed. I've been to Madison. I was there in 2018 when Illinois got smoked, as they so often do up at Camp Randall. And I was so fed up with how happy everybody was. I said, this sucks. I want to be happy. I'm not happy that they're happy. I'm sorry. I, I like a little schadenfreude. I'm enjoying Wisconsin fans not being happy because they've been happy for way too damn long. It's why these wins against Wisconsin and basketball the last couple years have felt so good and why this feels amazing. I'm sick of their happy go lucky. Oh, we're Wisconsin. Everything's so great. And why wouldn't they feel that way? They've had a blessed or lucky, whichever term you want to use, 20 plus years. Enough. Enough of it. I'm done with Wisconsin. You know, we talk about Illinois, you hear sleeping giant and all that, and I, that might be a term. I, I haven't used it in a while, but I have oft, often thought that there's no reason Illinois football should be historically bad. There's just not. And that it really comes back down to you haven't had a really good leader since Makovic and to a point, Mike White. So if it is true that Brett Bielema 
who does have some pedigree here and is already having early positive returns for Illinois, if it is true that he can turn this into a somewhat consistent thing, there is nothing keeping that consistency from growing to the likes of an Iowa or Wisconsin in the last 10 or 20 years. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going through my thoughts right now, and it's maybe a jumbled mess. But I think it's because this game is more than just one game. If you really think about it, this is more than one game. Now it all makes sense, everything that was building up before this, including the stretch of last year from Penn State to the end of the year, and now the start of this year. Illinois, since the Penn State win, is a winning football team. And it's not like they've just played scrubs. Yeah, Wisconsin's down, but it's on the road. A lot of these are big road games and tough road environments. These are things we were not talking about in the Bill Cubitt or Tim Beckman or Lovey Smith eras. It was not talked about. You weren't going to do it. That's why the Lovey Smith 6-6 six and six and then 6-7 six and seven season. Did that really get you that pumped up for the next year? No, it felt like you were kind of winning with smoke and mirrors. This does not feel like that. There's nothing smoke and mirrors about this. You can run the ball. You can pass the ball. You have a good run defense and a good pass defense. And you're doing this with a subpar special teams, you could argue. But even with that, your kicker has made both of his field goals today. This was not a perfect game for Illinois, and you're dominating them. It was not a perfect game as they run for it on third and 11. And I think they'll give Caleb Griffin another try here at about the 26. I would love to get him even more confident, go up 37 to 10 here. Rushing yards, Illinois. This is from Chief Oski. Illinois, 137 rushing yards. Wisconsin, 15. Wow. That doesn't happen much. It looks like Illinois will go for it. (laughs) That would be, let's see, 27. uh, Maybe the wind is a factor here. That'd be a 44-yard kick. It looks like, what the heck, get a practice. You know, practice fourth down conversions. By the way, Michigan's up 27 to 7 against Iowa. I'm guessing that was a garbage time touchdown for Iowa. Tommy DeVito back in shotgun. He's going deep to, oh man, he wanted 85. Who was 85 there? Can't really see the name. That would be Scott, who had a couple receptions early in the non conference. Worth a shot. That's fine. I don't know if that's really just trying to add salt on the wound here. As you look at Wisconsin's upcoming schedule, they have a couple get-right games at Northwestern, at Michigan State, and then Purdue at home, and then Maryland at home. That's an easy schedule, but do you really buy them winning more than two of those games? I could see Purdue or Maryland. I could see Maryland going in there and winning for sure. But yeah, the Paul Christ era is done. Let's call it what it is. Isn't it nice to also be on the other side of that too? And you might be saying, Carp, you're speaking prematurely here. They're going to be two and four. They've had rough, or two and three, and they've had rough starts before and they've gotten over it. But Wisconsin fans are done with Christ. They, they don't like him. He's dull. You know, just the same way that Greg Gard somehow was smoking mirrors, or I should say Johnny Davis, won a Big Ten title last year. Do you really buy Greg Gard? Does he really scare you? Does Paul Chris scare you? No. They got Jim Leonard ready to go. You better give him the head coaching job. And he might wait another year or two, but why would you wait? That, that's the guy, despite giving up 34 points to Illinois today and all the points to Ohio State last week. First down here for Wisconsin with 5.09 to go. All right. Curtis says, wonder what Ben Brust will have to say about this. Now, Curtis, Isaac was talking about this in the text thread I have with him and Trevor. And Joseph says that him and the Wisconsin beat rider picked Wisconsin to win this game. And I think Joseph, the Wisconsin guy, predicted a 35 to 17 win, right? Which is ridiculous. Get to Mertz. Oh my God, they smacked Mertz. I mean, this is unbelievable stuff I'm seeing, guys. That's that's Bryant. I, who's who's this Bryant guy? Alec Bryant? Is that his name? Not Johnny Newton, not Randolph, not Coleman, not Akis. Another guy in the two deep, just knocking Mertz silly. And I agree, Joseph. I want to keep him off the board, too. Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen. This is something else. Five sacks for Illinois today, and it's not just winning at Wisconsin. It is just taking the air out of the stadium and making Madison, Wisconsin, which is a great city. It is. A less fun place to be tonight as Devin Witherspoon is all over that, feeling himself, oh, they're going to get taunting. Kiss my ass. I, You know, the main ref... And I'm okay with that, Devin. I'm okay. You're winning. You can talk a little bit. It's all good. Scoreboard. I'm okay with it. That doesn't bother me. I'd rather be the aggressor in situations like this. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Kiss my ass. This smiley little turd of a ref has actually called a lot of stuff against Wisconsin. Or I should say Wisconsin's made a lot of mistakes. There was a random 
blocking penalty on Illinois as a kicking team. I don't get how you get a blocking penalty when you are trying to go tackle somebody. Devin Witherspoon and sportsmanlike conduct for that. I, I don't even care what he said there. He just nodded his head and then, fine, Take give him the 15 yards. And let's just knock Mertz again. Get him. Get him. There's a hold. It will come back. Wisconsin stinks. I love this, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I want to hit up the sponsors real quick as they'll move Wisconsin back yet again. Oh, personal foul against Wisconsin. Moving back. Got to thank DP Doe. I'm on a dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. Also, got to thank Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com. Get a free quote today at rectorconstruction.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And I tell you what, Cody, let me get this ad copy fired up here. I will let you know that they were absolutely awesome with our furnace check on Wednesday. So we're set for the winter, and they're going to come back in the spring as well for that. And Cody has this right here. Great. I'll get this queued up, Cody. And then also, uh, that's completion there for Wisconsin on a first and 25. We'll get him back to the original line of scrimmage. Oh, and uh, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. All right, cool. Got that queued up for Dogtown coming up here in a bit. Hello, YouTube Live people. I want to thank you guys for joining us on this absolutely gorgeous Saturday afternoon. It is beautiful outside. I'm going to be going outside right after this game to enjoy the weather. And man, another hit on Mertz. 3.30 to go. I, in a way, you almost wonder if Devin Witherspoon just wanted to keep hitting people. <laughs> Let's get a penalty. They can keep the ball. I want to keep hitting people. The defense has been on the sideline so much today that it's like they, they don't want to leave. Huh, Jared mentions this too. Illinois basketball plays in less than four weeks. That is true. Could be a very good October. 34 to 10 Illinois lead with three minutes to go. Mertz, shotgun set. Hikes it at exactly three minutes. Illinois sending four. A little pressure. He works through it. He finds a guy who will, will that be a first down? The yellow line just left. Got to say, not the best production from Big Ten Network today. They did get the first, but there's been some missed, as Trevor was pointing out in our thread, missed Missed video from catches, which makes some of these reviews tough. It actually worked out in Illinois' favor on what might have been a first down catch for one of their guys on the sideline. This is going to be another first down if they give him forward momentum here for Wisconsin. Looks like they might, or it will be second and one with 2.30 to go. Can you keep him out of the end zone? I will be excited to see if they can. Purdue goes up 10 with a touchdown. Is that right? That's a big win, and that means that Illinois, when all said and done, will have the technically the lead in the Big Ten West. How about that? With two make-or-break games coming up at home after this. Pretty nice. And we got a pre-snap penalty with two minutes to go. All right, the Brett Bielema narrative, right? We got a false start on Wisconsin. That'll make it second and six. The Brett Bielema narrative of returning to Camp Randall was actually something I thought played in Illinois' favor. When you try to figure out which team has the mental edge, Wisconsin, there was the desperation thing. But as I mentioned in the Tuesday podcast, the stagnation that you kind of feel coming from that program, how excited do you get after a game like that? Desperate's fine. But this is a Wisconsin team that is sort of in a transitional year with talent. And bear in mind, they are not really killing it on the recruiting trail as well. They, they have a certain floor. They're going deep here. It is incomplete. It'll be third and six. They have a floor that isn't too low because they always get good linemen and good running backs, even though they've had no running game to speak of today. Now they're just chucking it around, just desperately trying to get in the end zone as the stadium is half empty. <laughs> on a beautiful day, you know, just imagine being a Wisconsin fan returning to your tailgate. Iowa gets another garbage time touchdown to make it 27 to 14. Look out, their offense is red hot. And Purdue 20 to 10 over Minnesota. But back to the Bielema narrative, returning to Camp Randall. I thought that that played in Illinois' favor more than the desperate Wisconsin narrative. I, I thought that it was going to bode well for this Illinois team that says they're on a revenge tours. They try to get to Mertz again. It's going to be incomplete. No flag, no flag. Oh, they throw a flag. Unbelievable. These refs want to make sure they must be getting paid by the hour or by the half hour extending this game. It's actually gone by pretty quick. So whatever chip on the shoulder this Illinois team has, we saw it in the Virginia game where they win 24 to three. They just smoke him. 
We see it here in this revenge game against Wisconsin. Well, Iowa is a revenge game. You know, you had a chance to win that game. There were a couple of mistakes in the first half where you could have, I think, stretched out a lead, and you didn't. And then Iowa did what Iowa does in November. You're still getting them early enough in the year where I feel positive about that, despite Iowa's defense still being very good. Weren't we saying the same thing about this Wisconsin defense? You have an offense that keeps defenses honest, and that is such a far cry from what we've had before. They can do anything, and we're seeing a little bit of RPO today, but not as much as I thought you would have to. I thought you'd have to get a little trickery. No, instead, you've just straight up had some really good passing downs. You've finally broken through with some runs, including the one that put the game away, the 50-yarder for Chase Brown. So you're seeing that really cool dynamic offensively, but I think defensively, you're starting to see if there is such a thing as, you know, Bielema returning home, revenge tour, all of that coming to fruition. It's the fact that all day long, the D-line has been on Wisconsin's ass. Get Mertz. Yes. Mm. God, that feels good as they get Mertz yet again for the sixth sack. He is just dejected. I'm sure they're booing. Lisa Byington thought that they were booing Bielema at the end of the half. No, Lisa, they were booing their own team. They stink, not just by Wisconsin standards, but just plain and simple. It's third and 18. Mertz gingerly walking off. He's saying, Coach, what are we doing? What are we doing here? God, ladies and gentlemen, this is beautiful. I think it's about time. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I haven't done this before on the show. I don't think. Have I cracked a celebratory drink on the show? This is a, a whiskey called New Riff Single Barrel. No, they are not a sponsor. But it is good whiskey. Very sweet bourbon. I think it's time, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's time to crack one open. What are your celebratory drinks, YouTube Live? Mmm, it's a sweet bourbon. Just a little bit. A great day overall. Plus, you might have noticed I'm not sniffling into the microphone every few seconds. All right, cheers to you guys on YouTube Live. A third and 16 for Wisconsin. Get Mertz, get Mertz. And another completion, but it will be fourth and one with 1.23 to go. Can Illinois get the stop and keep them out of the end zone? Stephen Colbert tw- uh, 217 has a, a Founders Imperial Stout. Oh, you're just st- Stephen Colbert 27. There's no one in there, Stephen Colbert. My mistake. Hey, Bobo, he's got some bourbon as well. Blanton's, that's good stuff. Here it is, fourth and one. Let's get the stop. Illinois attacking Mertz. They're going deep. They in completion. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Illinois is going to win this game 34 to 10. Hmm. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm sorry. This is just absolutely incredible. Are you ready for a primetime game against Iowa? I'm ready for a primetime game against Iowa. Holy smokes. All right. Illinois will come out for the victory formation. You see Brett Bielema feeling very, very good as he should. Illinois will improve to 4 and 1 on the season with an opportunity to go 5-1 and one against Iowa, an Iowa team that I still think the matchup's good. You know, in a weird way, I agreed with what Jeremy said earlier this week. He said that you would think that the Iowa game would be the easier win to predict, but there's something about them that you, you still feel uneasy with Iowa coming in. For me, less so after this performance, and I think this does kind of change the expectations a little bit. Illinois will be favored at home against Iowa. Maybe not by a lot, but they will be favored. But I kind of agreed with him when he said that in a way, this Wisconsin game feels like maybe you want to steal this one just in case you lose to Iowa. Well, you didn't steal this one. You dominated. And that sets up something where you can go in uh, into next Saturday night with what should be a lively crowd on a beautiful early fall evening, a little chill in the air, a full day of tailgating, good and liquored up as the Illini faithful at Camp Randall applaud our head ball coach, Brett Bielema, as he hugs Paul Christ soon-to-be former Wisconsin head coach. And ladies and gentlemen, Illinois gets their first win in Wisconsin since 2002 and the largest winning margin at Madison since 1988. Impressive all around. There may not have been a more satisfying win in Bielema's career. I wonder if he would say that in the press conference. We'll find out as they're about to do a post-game interview with him. Won't be able to turn the audio on, and I don't have the close captioning really working. But man, uh, 
Illinois wins. And they dominate. Wow. So Purdue picks it off to seal it. Minnesota will lose. Illinois will be first place in the Big Ten West. What more is there to say? (laughs) You know, we're here for a celebratory podcast and uh, a little stunned. A little stunned by what's going on. Coming into this season, I predicted 7-5 and based on the idea that the schedule was winnable. Well, the schedule's even more winnable now. I thought if you start 3-1, and you're good. And that this three-game stretch was probably going to be the one that told, told the tale. And I think I said that back in late August. But even more so now, these three games will tell the tale. Because after that bye week, you have at Nebraska. And hopefully they're just already even more broken than they are right now. Though that could be a weird game. I, I, you'll beat them, but there's going to be some uneasy moments maybe against Nebraska. But then Purdue and Michigan State at home, you see a Michigan State team that looks very vulnerable. And I think the matchup you have against Purdue, especially as you get into colder weather, and they can't really run the ball, I love that matchup. I really do. Before you play at Michigan. Wouldn't it be nice to go into Michigan with house money in some way, shape, or form? Go in there with house money. And you could say, well, what? Are you going to win the next five in a row? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to be 9-1 and one going into Michigan. But look at the schedule. 7-3. and three, Why not? Why can't you be 7-3 and three going into Michigan? That would afford you a loss in the next two, let's say, and a loss to either Michigan State or Purdue because those will be competitive games, I would think. I thought this was going to be a competitive game. It was not. <laughs> But why not seven and three going into Michigan? Why not eight and four on the season? Why not nine and three like Purdue did? All these things that would have sounded ridiculous after the Indiana game. When I had to take a break from this, you bet your ass I'm back on the train. And I'm going full on with the narrative that that was the aberration. The Indiana game was the aberration. And that this is a pretty good football team. And right now on the Big Ten Live game break, I'm sure they're going to be saying the same thing. That Illinois, look out. I know DiNardo has kind of been on that train from the start. And they loved what they saw in camp, and they've been really heralding this coaching staff. How many coaching staffs would you trade right now? Ohio State, they're off on their own planet. Would you trade Brett Bielema from L. Tucker? No, you wouldn't. Jim Harbaugh? I like Jim Harbaugh, but he's, he's a Michigan guy. He's a good fit. I would consider it, though, because I think Harbaugh's a good coach. In the Big Ten West, who would you trade for Brett Bielema and this staff? And I say the same thing about Underwood and his staff. Who would you trade in the Big Ten for Brad Underwood and Tim Anderson and Chester Frazier and Jeff Alexander? I wouldn't trade him for anybody. And I cannot tell you the last time or if there's ever been a time in my life where I've been that confident in our revenue sports coaching staffs. Credit, of course, to Josh Whitman for that because that is not something I ever would have pondered back in the day. All right, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, we got a few people watching. I'm sure most of you are Beginning your afternoon drinking, post-game drinking celebrations, I think that I will have to make a trip to Huber's to celebrate on this absolutely gorgeous Saturday afternoon, Illinois going 4-1 and one against Wisconsin. Uh, final thoughts. Tommy DeVito is a really good quarterback. It's not just game managing. One sec, I need to take another sip of whiskey. Mm. Brett Bielma is beaming right now on my TV screen. Tommy DeVito is a good quarterback. And we talked about this season really resting on, can your offense just be serviceable? And if they are, then you're going to go to a bowl. Well, now we're talking about an offense that might actually be good, right? Legitimately might be a good offense. And that is something new. Oh, oh, here come the Bielema kids. And oh, what a moment. You know what? This is great. Same thing after Penn State last year where the Bielema family was at the basketball game. I'm sure that the wife got booed a little bit after her comments about Wisconsin. Though, listen, Jen Bielema, I'm with you. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of Wisconsin. It's got to feel good for them. Tommy DeVito is a good quarterback. And when you have a good quarterback and you keep him healthy, and so far this team has kept him upright. There's only been a couple sacks. He's staying pretty clean, and that's a credit to the offensive line and to Lunny for scheming where if you do use his legs, you do so carefully. DeVito's not really getting in danger thus far, knock on wood. He's good. Chase Brown is special. Josh McRae should be back soon, sooner rather than later. Your run game is solid. Hopefully Pat Bryant, and we'll see on that. I mean, he was grabbing his hamstring. I hope it was just a cramp, and then they didn't need to play him the rest of the way. But you're starting to have receivers like Hightower was dynamite today. Isaiah Williams gives you something. And Pat Bryant, in that first drive of the third quarter, that was something else. Also, the play of the game, you could argue fourth and four conversion to Isaiah Williams. 
You're on the Wisconsin 34, I think. It was obvious you weren't going to kick a long field goal. And if you missed it, you gave them good field position, only up by four points. And instead, you convert it and you go in for the touchdown. Your offense is good. The numbers bear it out. And now they're starting to score. They're converting their chances, whereas early in the year, they weren't always doing that. Good offense and the defense. Ladies and gentlemen, you know we knew the secondary was good. They did not have the best day. Yeah, they had a few picks. But they still did not have the best day. There were a lot of open guys. Graham Mertz was throwing some darts. You could see why he was such a highly touted quarterback. But you also saw why he has just been so erratic as a Wisconsin starter. No, the story is the defensive line. With a defensive line like that, it changes everything. It takes an Iowa team that would have to run the ball reliably next week to have a chance and says, good luck running the ball against us. We sold out against the run. And we play man coverage in the secondary. Occasionally, you might get bit with a 25-yard pass gainer. But we did not allow their running game to do a damn thing. And the couple times they got past the, the sticks on runs, I think they were holds on both. I'd love to see what their long run of the day was. And I don't know if any of you guys in the YouTube Live have that. I would love to see what their long run was. Couldn't have been more than seven yards, maybe. The D-line changes everything. That is something that we thought, okay, we like the three guys that are at the top. We do. And that really comes down to Calvin Avery being consistent. And then you got Newton and Randolph doing their thing. Well, now you saw today, you get a few guys like uh, Terah Edwards getting his first sack. You get Bryant getting a sack. You could argue it was garbage time, but those were still the starters for Wisconsin. What if you can tee off on other quarterbacks? There's no reason you cannot tee off on Spencer Petras next week. There's no reason. There's no reason you cannot tee off on Tanner Morgan. And because of the strength of the D-line and the secondary in a very good offense, and I'm going to say very good because they have been, what's keeping you from starting 6-1 and one going into the bye week? What's keeping you from that? I think you're favored in both games. I'm going to go into both games thinking Illinois will win. The same way that I thought this morning when I woke up and yesterday morning and Thursday morning, I kept saying, why do I think we're going to win this game? Why? Why why am I stuck on that? Why can I not shake that feeling that Illinois is going to win? They surpassed my high expectations by a lot. And maybe there was just a miscalculation or not enough credit given to what this team was really capable of. They've had some luck so far. They've stayed healthy, but they've also started to create their own luck and taking advantage of the opponent's mistakes. The team that makes the less, the least amount of mistakes tends to win these games. But then when you couple that with just explosive offensive plays and a defensive line like that, you take that equation and you add like 17 points on it. That's why you won today. What was it? 37 to 10, 34 to 10. Who cares? You smoked him. (laughs) Wow. I was hoping to be able to do a podcast like this. I was hoping to feel what it would be like to win at Camp Randall for the first time since I was a sophomore in high school. Half a lifetime ago. More than half a lifetime ago. It's been a long 20 years. I think this is more than just a win, as they would say in Wayne's World. A gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone the mini guns it would take to necessitate an entire rack. This is more than a win. This is, I think, the kind of signature thing you needed to prove to the fan base, for one, that this is legit improvement. There is no fluke here. The Indiana game scared me and a lot of other people off. I said, Virginia, I'm staying in the lots, and I don't regret that I did because it was still in a state of show me. And then they showed me. And then they did so again against Chattanooga, but then against a Big Ten team in one of the toughest places to play, they showed everybody. The national narrative will be about Paul Christ, but locally, regionally even, Illinois opened a lot of eyes today. They win a primetime game against Iowa, and they do so impressively. They're going to open up even more eyes, and that would set up a homecoming matchup where you can take control. Ladies and gentlemen, you can take control of the Big Ten West. In these next two weeks. Why the hell not? Let's do it. YouTube Live live, uh, friends. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, Over under says Bobo. 52,000 for attendance. 50,000 excuse me for attendance next Saturday night. I say over. I think they go on another ticket selling blitz. They did a great job before Chattanooga. I thought for a Thursday night it was a decent crowd. It's a night game. Full day of tailgating. And you're going to have a good liquored up crowd. 
Yeah, I think 50,000 plus. I think we get it done. And you could say Iowa travels. Yeah, they travel. But as well as they usually would, I don't know. They're pretty down. Wisconsin fans, pretty down. This is an opportunity, folks. This is an opportunity. And this team is playing lights out right now. (coughs) Excuse me. I want to hit up real quick our friends at Dogtown because they did such a good job for me and Kara on Wednesday. One of the most frustrating things that homeowners can run into are those stubborn drains that never seem to drain right. We had one of those a couple years ago. Do you have slower backing up drains? Well, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing can help with their hydro jetting machine. Now I know who to call next time for this. They can get any of those stubborn clogs cleaned out and get your home's drains working properly again. They also offer underground camera inspections for those issues that you just can't see. Are you worried about the sump pump in your basement going out at the worst time? Or one of your sinks has a small leak? Well, they have maintenance agreements for your home's plumbing needs. So give them a call today. Here's the number. 217 841 4728. That's 217-841-4728. And let one of Dogtown's friendly team members come out to your home and do a whole home inspection. Hey, and tell them you heard it from us. And not 6%. They'll give you 10% off. These guys are the goods. I can speak from experience. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Also, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Get a celebratory calzone, Illinois 4-in-1 looking good. I might just get myself a buffer zone with the signature dipping sauce from dpdoe.com. Also, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life Auto Home Business Renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. Dot com for all your home exterior needs. Get a free quote today at rectorconstruction.com. For Champagne Showers and the Alana Inquirer uh, team, we appreciate their partnership. We appreciate you, YouTube Live. Sorry I didn't have the microphone plugged in. I tried to project today so you could hear me okay, and hopefully the video's fine. Going forward, I'll remember to grab the cord that I need for that. But the audio feed is always on Apple, Spotify, you name it. If you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. Hey, Let's have a fun rest of the weekend. Illinois looks pretty damn good. I'm going to finish my whiskey and enjoy the rest of my Saturday afternoon as you should as well. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we have a pretty good football team, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 200 level. <laughs>